you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. Whether you've tuned in for the radio show or the real estate business, you're in for one heck of a show. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 548 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Lush Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, I don't know where the Kraken are in the realm of the hockey playoffs is we're talking. Uh, they won last night. So we want to talk about that win. We also want to talk about ho- hockey I want to talk about the culture of it a little bit and what I think it's doing, uh, not only for the city, but for the connection that we have in our families and the connection that we have to each other. So let's talk about that. Also, we have a great listing that is on in Bellevue. And before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Loneliness. They say it's an epidemic. And when it comes to loneliness, they say a lot of people are facing a lot of disease, especially as heart disease. And a lot of it is driven by the fact that they are lonely. They say it's an epidemic, especially when it comes to men. Ron, we've talked about this before. What say you when it comes to men, when it comes to loneliness, and specifically in our culture right now where we're trying to pull out of COVID? And I think that's one of the reasons why we like going to cracking games because it makes us all feel good and connected to each other because we really need that sense of community. Loneliness, do you think it's an epidemic? Oh, I absolutely do. I think that uh, living through that pandemic is... is has impacted everybody. I was just listening to an interview with comedian Lewis Black on uh, Brian Koppelman's podcast, and he has a new special coming out talking about this, where he's like, hey, I, I, I'm a comedian. I chose my career over getting married and having kids, and then this pandemic hit, and it was, he's like, I felt like I was in solitary confinement. And so he finds a way to joke about it and work through it, but listening to this, like, okay, I want to watch this special, even though he's not my favorite comedian, because it, it, it was very hard. And to hear people acknowledge how hard it was is really good. The Surgeon General now, so to shift a little bit, Surgeon General's coming out acknowledging that. This has happened in other countries. The UK did this. Japan has done this, uh, where the, the head health officials are jumping out in front and trying to say, we, we want to try and help. Uh, our culture here and the lack of trust with the government and like the things that the government can do, uh, I hope that some of them are successful. One, one thing that I've noticed right away is every if you go to the doctor now, they ask you mental health questions. That's new. I don't know if you've seen that when you take an intake form. They ask you just flat out. It's like, what's your name? What's your date? Who's your insurance company? Uh, have you had feelings of loneliness? Have you had suicidal thoughts? Like they just ask you on the, as part of the routine thing when you're going in to just see your family doctor, uh, a series of questions. I don't know what happens if you answer yes to those questions. <laughs> Hopefully they see that then like can help you get some services. So I think it's good that the government's acknowledging it. They, they talk a lot about things like religious organizations, community organizations, that I think if you're, if you're in the throes of loneliness and depression, um, it's hard to engage in those things. Like that's one of the reasons why you are where you are. Uh, and so I, I just think to me, part of it is just being curious 
figuring out something that you can be involved in. Uh, like even you invited me to, to be involved in this youth football thing. Like it's once a week, but you got something to look forward to that week. Yeah, you're gonna go are you out. looking forward to it? That's cool. Yeah, you, you go out and you're going to be involved with the group. So that's the hardest part, I think, mental health-wise, is finding another human being that you can reach out to. There, the, the One of my favorite examples ever is there's a an organization in the UK and I forget what they're called because it was a very British term, but they took over garages in neighborhoods and it, and the men of the neighborhood can come in and they have a basic complement of tools. And so, you, Oh, I saw that. That's very and, cool. And you putter around. Yeah. So like it's a, any age group, but a lot of them are retirees. It's cool. They go in there like a guy makes a birdhouse. He doesn't really care about birdhouses. He just wants to go in He's hanging out with the other guys. Like a lot of them will go to the pub afterwards. Uh, they're, they're making a birdhouse. He makes uh, a, a trinket or toy. The, some of them made wooden toys for kids around the holidays. But it's an actual physical space where they are welcome and they can go in there and they have something to do because men most of the time want to be doing something while they're talking. That's why you go to the sports bar. It's why you go to the game. It's why they go to this workshop because while I'm building this birdhouse, I might go over to you and say, hey, Don, can you show me how to use the bandsaw? I don't really care about the bandsaw. I just wanted to go over and talk to you. I might actually know how to use the bandsaw. I'm using it as an excuse to hang around with other guys. You made a great point. What do you think this is? They say when women really communicate heart-to-heart, they go face-to-face. They say when men communicate heart-to-heart, they don't look at each other. In fact, uh, a lot of times on this podcast, I don't look at you, but that, that's 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 not for those reasons, uh, and that's for episode uh, 6012. Uh, and a lot of times I don't look at people on a Zoom call either, but that's for another episode. It, 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 what is that, though? Because I've noticed that, too. Some of the best conversations I have is when I was walking with my cousins when we came up to your tiny house and we're walking. It, it, we, when we were sitting at the table, the conversation was fine. But when we were walking together, and I wonder if it has something to do with the stimulation of the brain and serotonin and all that, but, but Steve Jobs, whenever he would want to walk and, and have a conversation and invent stuff, uh, it would usually be in a situation where someone would come over to this house he had in Palo Alto. He never locked the doors. He would take LSD inside the house sometimes, and, and that's how he created Apple. He also worked in an apple orchard, believe it or not. That's where Apple came from. But he would go on these walks. They say that Bill Gates has now become a walker as well. I think some of the trail runs, some of the other things that I've done, or even when I'm working out with my little boy and we're at the gym, when we're doing something actively for men, we do have great conversations. Yeah. It's a great point, Ron. I wonder what that is. Yeah, find a way to connect shoulder to shoulder instead of face-to-face. Uh, and you know, getting into a hobby, there, there's some maker spaces in Seattle where if you just like, Hey, I want to learn how to, you know, run a CNC machine or whatever, like join that stuff. Like, like go ahead, pay the membership, go do that. I've, I've gone to some like coding meetup things where it's like, uh, you know, just to get out in the community. There are things you can do out in the community, cooking classes. Um, I've taken a couple of cooking classes with friends before and it was a blast, like, you know, there's three people, you know each other, uh, everybody's going to make a cake or you make a dish or you make uh, something and one of them's going to be good, one of them's going to be bad and you laugh about it and try each other's food and like just get involved in those things. Uh, there's a lot of different apps and websites for you to, to do that. Yeah. All right. See you guys in a minute.
Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Don here with my good friend, Ron. You may have heard of us. Anyway, you probably haven't heard of her, Ron. We have a brand new team member, Team Ron and Don Real Estate, right? Yeah, her name is Mara, and Mara just left one of the big tech firms, uh, and now she's doing real estate. Mara, what was it like dealing with folks in tech and specifically with housing in Seattle? Yeah, the housing market in Seattle can be a little bit tricky. Um, Seattle has a lot of very different and great neighborhoods. So having somebody that can help you find the right neighborhood for you and what you like to do um, is really important when coming to a new city, especially when you're trying to meet people who have similar interests or are close to the activities that you like. Um, So what I want you to do is if you are, uh, maybe you're not in tech or not moving around, if you know someone who is or their kid is or they're trying to leapfrog from tech company to tech company, Mara's on our team now. She's an expert in this specific area. So if you would like to do a sit down with us and meet her, you can go to ronandonsitdown.com. That's ronandonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Today is listing day. And I'm going to kind of talk around this a little bit because I want to make sure I protect the privacy of our sellers. And at the same time, I think I can share a little bit with you because we have a really cool mid-century home. This home, how many bedrooms are in this home, Ron? I think like five or six. Yeah, it is three bathrooms. I think it's listed with six bedrooms. It's well over 3,200 square feet, has a large yard, a big wraparound deck. We've done some great work. It's as mid-century as they get. It's right by Newport High School, and it was basically someone that listens to the podcast. It's been listening for years. It's been listening to the Ron and Don Show, knew us from Cairo, and called us and said, hey, I, tr- I trust you guys. And we have a situation where my dad is alive, mom passed away. Dad had an accident in the home, so he's out of the home. Uh, Dad had a lot of curiosity, so there's all these rooms that you would walk into in some of the bedrooms. Like, he had this amazing train room, right, and these trains that were so delicate that he built with his own hands. And uh, and he had worked in for a very large corporation here in the Pacific Northwest for a very, very long time. It had an engineer's mind, so you could probably guess where that that would be if he worked somewhere for 40 years. And everywhere you looked, uh, he and his wife, over the years, their love for travel, uh, their love for boats and yachting and doing all this, it was really extraordinary to walk in there. But something happened where he couldn't walk back in the home. So they contacted us. They said, we would like to speak with you. We got on a Zoom call. We still had to win this listing. So it's not enough to be wrong. Sometimes other realtors think, well, you're Ron and Don. You got the deal. No, we, we still have to be very capable. And I think not only are we very capable, I think we are excellent, especially when it comes to listing a home, working with a family. Sometimes when something happens like this, it can create family drama and trauma. And if real estate agents don't know that, understand what's happening with different family members, you start to begin to take a side. You can't do that. The bottom line is this. We got to get this house to market. This house is going to take care of dad for the rest of his life. And if there's some money left over, so be it. And we'll figure it out uh, or they'll figure it out as they get down the road. So so this one, we're really proud of. We had to do some estate sales, some other things. We had to uh, send in our crews. I think the work that we got done there for the price point that we hit, 
uh, was really amazing. And, and, and Ron, here we are on this Thursday. If you'd like to know the address of the home, or I think we will be doing an open house at twilight on Friday or Saturday, just write Ron, Ron at windermere.com or Don at, uh, I'm sorry, uh, better apply to the sign up for the newsletter. Cause I'm going to send out a newsletter blast. So everybody in the Ronda nation can see this. I, I do want to say that it's, um, one thing that I, I've been struck with is when and it's fa- Ron, let me just correct that. If someone does write you, it's Ron at Ron and Don.com and Don at Ron and Don.com. That's a lot easier to remember. If you, if you want to reach out about the listing, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, is, is watching families navigate. This is really a privilege because it is not easy and there's a lot of tough decisions that need to be made. And for the most part, when we've done this and engaged with this, the families have been great. And, and there comes this point with which each person is sometimes the, the adult children grew up in this house. Sometimes they didn't. Sometimes there's lots of memories attached to the location. Sometimes there's not, there's these sort of sliding scales of attachment, but inevitably there's going to come a point where you're like, okay, we need to do right by our parents and we need to figure out what is the best lane to choose to sell this house. And so it's like, do we do next to nothing and just put a sign up in the front? What what does that mean? Uh, do we have to fix certain things? Do we not? Do we remodel something? Like maybe the kitchen hasn't been touched since the seventies. Like like what do we do here? That that's what Don and I are are here for. Is is because sometimes there's a some mixed feelings that go into this because. Maybe the house hasn't been cared for the way that it had been in the past as a parent gets older, and there's some embarrassment around that. I'm not talking about the one we just did, but I'm saying in general. Um, there can be mixed feelings about how you feel about the family. There might be a sibling that is uh, not getting along with another sibling. There's a lot of family dynamics, and so what we try to do is to come in there and just say, hey, we're going to partner with you to figure out what lane is best for you. Yeah. Some people, it might be best to just say, hey, we, we've had one client do this. It's a little bit different situation. They're just like, I'm moving. Put a sign up in the front. Just sell it. Like, don't, don't, don't do anything. Like, put a sign up in the front. I just need to sell it. I'm moving out of the state. I don't remember because I do all the work on these. I don't remember not doing anything to, to any home. What are you talking about? I'll, I'll tell you off the uh, when we're done with this segment. But it, okay. it was... Uh, uh, put a sign in the front versus all the way up to like doing major um, construction stuff. So there's a range. We want to help you find where you fit on that range. The only house I can think of is the one where the people were inside and wouldn't leave. Is it that house? It's that house. (laughs) Yeah, we did put a sign up in front and sell it. <laughs> so, and that's why it's a little different situation. They wouldn't even answer the door. <laughs> but there's a sliding scale so- on this. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't do anything. You're you're racking your brain. Ronadonsitdown.com. It is an honor to work with you and your families. And we understand, especially when it's toward the end of the life of a parent. It's not easy. It's just not. When it comes to health issues, uh, mental health issues, it's hard. Uh, banks, trusts, reverse mortgages, all that stuff. And we've tackled all that, and we're here to help. Run on sitdown.com. We can sit down today. See you on the other side of this for the final segment.
Hey, you guys, you hear about them all the time. We say, why, Braun, haven't people out there switched to Mitch yet, right? Yeah, Mitch Weeks joins us. you got a really cool program right now because we know rates are a little high, but they're not always going to be high. No, rates are supposed to drop within the next year. So we instituted a great program. It's called Date the Rate. So you're going to buy a house now at these relatively high rates. And when rates drop within the year, you can actually refinance for cheaper. You can save half a percent on your loan. And what that means is you can use that money to buy down your rate. On an $800,000 loan, that can save you up to $90,000 over the life of the loan. Think of what you could do with an extra $90,000. That's great. 90, 90 grand over the life of the loan. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you? All right. So he's Mitch Weeks. You can find him at Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. Go there right now. Set up a time. Do a Zoom call. Switch to Mitch. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Before we get out of here, uh, and I don't know where the Kraken are in the playoffs uh, when you listen to this, but I do know where they were last night. They were in Dallas, Texas. They scored four goals in the first period. Dallas only scored two. Nobody scores in the second. Then we get on to the third, and my son and I are like, oh, my gosh, you think the Kraken are starting to run out of gas? You just did a seven-game series against the champs, the Avalanche, which nobody expected them to win. You lose McCain, who had shot four goals on the year, and it doesn't look like he's coming back. But you do have 15 players that have scored goals. And last night, Ron, they get the 4-4. Dallas is on it. Like, they are on a hunt, right? They feel the energy because they're playing in Dallas. And Dallas fans are spectacular fans. They're very loud. They're also very obnoxious. Uh, But so are we here sometimes, too, right? You know what I'm talking about, especially if you're a 12 or a Sounders fan. And the Kraken fans are really great if you've been to a game. Anyway, I thought the Kraken were going to fold. I think if they had to stay on the ice an extra two minutes in that third period, I think the Kraken would have lost. They get an opportunity. to go. It's, and it's really interesting between periods when you see them rest. Guys take off all their equipment. They'll go and do an interview. They're having a pop or whatever it is they're having. It's like it, typically you see a football player. You take off all your gear when the game's over. They take off all that stuff uh, between periods because the periods are for so long. But then we go into overtime. And the overtime, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. And then the next thing you know, uh, and I saw so many shots last night where there's a shot, and I haven't watched a lot of hockey, but you see a shot at the goal, and then there'll be another player that came in. You saw this Paulson last night from the the Dallas Stars. He's able to take his stick and use it to basically bunt the puck. He would bunt the puck. You saw him do it a number of times last night uh, for the Dallas Stars. And toward the end there, the Kraken were doing the exact same thing. Because if you can't get it in on the ice... Sometimes you got to tip it, bump it, or you you just have to hope that maybe it bounces off a skate, and that's what happened for the Kraken last night. They win 5-4. You win one game in Dallas like you have to, and I have to say, my son and I, like the first, he's he's been to two games, I think, and one of those was with you, and we were just thrilled at watching this game last night, and it's, it's fun to watch him. He got to stay up a little late, and to hear him yell and scream, and I think you could hear it around the block. He's going to remember that game for the rest of his life in the same way that you and I probably remember the 95 Mariners or the 97 Sonics, right? Yeah, this has been fun to watch. Like, I didn't grow up in a hockey town, and so I I really didn't have any knowledge of of just the energy and the pitch of the games and the playoffs. It just takes me back to when um, there was all this momentum in town to say, hey, do we want to try to get an NBA team back to Seattle? 
Uh, and then there were these rumblings about getting an NHL hockey team. And if you remember, it was like, okay, uh, what's going to happen to to Key Arena? Um, are we going to be able to build another basketball stadium? Is this going to happen? And the momentum at the time was NBA basketball. And we were had the inside track to buy the Sacramento Kings and get them uh, up here to Seattle, become the Seattle Supersonics. And then Sacramento uh, just lost their series against the Golden State Warriors. But like Sacramento had a foot out the door. Like they were, they were, we were courting them as a city and they were courting us because Sacramento wasn't giving them what they wanted. But they had a former NBA star who was yeah, also Kevin their Johnson. mayor, mayor and yep. Kevin, Kevin stepped in and got the deal done. So Kevin got that deal done and yep. then the hopes were dashed here. So to, to go to flash forward now, to have a brand new Climate Pledge Arena, ridiculous name, but the arena itself is really fun to walk through. It's a great venue for music. It's a great venue for sports. Uh, the town has really embraced hockey. I, I didn't realize, I, I was back then, probably even on the radio, was saying, we're not a hockey town. Like We don't have hockey history. Even though, oh, well, the, the Metropolitans won in 1919 or whatever. I was like, yes, okay. Okay, we want. And what about the effort? Uh, you know, silver tips or what? I don't even know what their name is. And it's like, yeah, but are we are we going to have support after the first season? So to watch the support, to watch the excitement, I'm I'm starting to get to know some of the players, get to know some of the strategy, understand. I still don't know when someone's offsides or not. I still don't know what icing is, but like I understand. Oh slashing i got that i know what a two-minute penalty is a power play all these sort of things uh, the, to watch grew in goal and just absolutely icing is when you're on your side <laughs> okay don's explaining icing to me. of the arena and you do a slap shot and that shot without another player touching the puck goes across the center line and then it goes across the goal line without entering the goal crease so I, I was doing the exact same thing last night, and they're like, I, and I'm like, I got to learn what this is. So, so I read about that, and then also I was calling it front check that they run a front check. I think it's a four check, and the reason why the Kraken were so tired at the end of the third period, it's like in basketball, and I understand this in basketball, if you go ahead and do a basketball press in the in the forecourt without letting the other team advance the ball. It takes a lot of energy to do that, but a lot of times you could tip the ball and go score. That's how the Kraken play hockey, and that's how they've been winning in the playoffs. They put a lot of pressure on you, but even when you heard the announcers, the announcers last night, which were national announcers, did not expect the Kraken to play. They thought they were going to get blown off the ice, and they said the only chance they have is 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 to play in the foreground of, of, of the stadium in the arena. And that's what they were doing so beautifully. That's how they got those three, four points. And then by the time they got to the third, and they did say in the first period, they say they will be out of gas by the time they get to the third. Uh, so they're going to need this score increase, which they had last night. Yeah, so. the energy level is just incredible to watch. It takes all the it's pressure a- off the Mariners right now, too. For, as we end this, what was your your feelings when you saw Russell Wilson in an Avalanche jersey and, and, and people are just killing him in Sierra Online? 
my feelings haven't changed. I, I I called this part of Russell Wilson's personality from day one and got a lot of backlash. What, what's a, what, I don't. What's the matter he's, with him he, wearing an Avalanche jersey in the city where he's the quarterback and he's struggling and he's saying, you know what, I'm going to go out and support this team because they have a great brand and I've hurt my brand. I've hurt the Denver Broncos he, brand. It's all so fake I'm, and so calculated. I'm going to go throw a jersey on because he's not genuine. Yeah. He's not a genuine Russell human Wilson. Being. Uh, look at all the draft picks we just got because of Russell. I know. We got a Super Bowl championship because of Russell Wilson. We went back a second time because of Russell Wilson. He did think about Marshawn Lynch, and you didn't hand the ball to him. But you did hand the ball to him. Nobody talks about this. You handed the ball to him the play before you threw the interception. Marshawn Lynch was handed the ball, and he did not get in. Skittles or no Skittles, right? Shots or no shots. And then I think everything he's done for children's, everything he's done for kids, everything he did for our city, you never caught him in a strip club with a gun or shooting anyone. It's just he's a, he's a cheese ball. He's a cheese ball there. He was a cheese ball here. Yeah. He got away with it because he's a winner. If he starts winning in Denver again, he will no longer be seen as a cheese ball. Yeah, so. everything you said is true, and and I, he just is not for me. He's not yeah. my guy. Yeah. And if the Kraken aren't winning right now, they're out of the playoffs by the time you hear, hear this, as Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you. <laughs> <laughs> you and I need to go to a game yeah. and take your take your son. We got to go with Alex, too, who uh, is uh, – works on our team here. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, if your parents need us, especially if you're going through an estate issue right now and you're the POA or your brother or your sister's the POA and you're like, hey. That means power I, of attorney. I really way. need a realtor to uh, step in. Uh, you get two realtors here for the price of one. Also, don't forget tomorrow night, Friday night, we're going to do a twilight opening in Bellevue, this home near Newport High School. And uh, come out, see the work, meet the team, see what we've done. And uh, we'll make sure we have some uh, beverages and maybe even something to eat as uh, we get together on a Friday night and as we uh, showcase this house in Bellevue. It's really a beautiful home. And if you're a mid-century person, you have to come look at this home to appreciate it. If you want to know where the house is, just reach out to me, Don, at ronanddon.com, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you the link. All right? Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Oh, hey! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. It up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network. Only.